0: Move, you got, you
1: got time? I don't want to take you away from reducing. I'm on a lap for saying that pun about being your and Iran's greatest fan. I think I can hear the song. <laughs> All right. Come now, my friends, and listen to me As I tell the tale of these brave knights' three. Tales of adventure and tales that are true And as they fight to protect me and you See, it's really nice. I do like that.
2: First into battle, then last to retreat Forgive me if my knees go weak As they patrol I I got so nervous They patrol the streets And I need you all to cheer when I say cheer Alright So let's have another cheer (laughs) Woo! The
3: YouTubes. It's on the YouTubes
2: oh my gosh
3: yeah yeah I'm uh I'm pulling all kinds of stuff from your time at Evermore Park that I plan to insert afterward just so you know so oh just, fabulous just audio, you know um I guess I shouldn't say all kinds of stuff from that there's I also pulled I just barely finished pulling the audio for when you put helium into bagpipes um
2: oh my gosh that so was so funny we <laughs>
3: But I was I don't so embarrassed. Wanna, yeah. We we can't get too far ahead here. Oh, by the way, right, too, right. I, I wanted to mention. I do really like your. Um, I like your email address. <laughs>
2: oh classy. well, my maiden name is Money. Right, you know.
3: Yeah. That's well. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's that's. I I still in my brain, you're Laura Money. You know. And so I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it what is it? Broadbank, Bank? Something. Yeah, Brock Bank. That's right. Yep. So. that's ah, yep. a classy way. Classy way to do Money it. Money
2: banks. I yep.
3: Like it. I like that. Yeah, actually, as I'm I'm scrolling now, there are quite a few videos that include Piper uh, on the YouTube's. Okay, yeah, there's a a,
2: there's a ton of them. I mean, to store, you know, if you get into the story, that's kind of what those um, videos were for was for people who wanted to like stay in um, in the loop. Yeah, yeah, but I have a bunch of so yeah, I have a bunch of my songs on my channel called The Braided Bard that I wrote for Evermore. So.
3: Oh right, yeah. that's right. I think I saw. Let's see here. I'm going to pull that up right now so I am able to add yeah. to the notes easily because I remember when you did a few tunes for St. Patrick's Day. Was it two, three years ago? Um, for who? I thought that for you, you guys. Had... No, it was just uh, some videos you were doing. Uh,
2: <gasps> oh voice, yes, voice,
3: whistle, and mm-hmm. drum. I think. Did you yeah, it yeah, it was during COVID. Yes,
2: I did. Yeah.
3: Mm. <laughs> here we go. All right, good. I've pulled a bunch of stuff. This, is, this yeah. would be really cool. What we what would be really fun if you're down with it, Laura, is usually mm-hmm. these episodes come in with drones and then go out with drones. But mm-hmm. whenever I have a guest that's got some recorded stuff, I like to instead come in on something they wrote and go out on sure. something they wrote. So um, yeah. Are there any of these that in particular you'd especially like to have played at the beginning and end of the episode?
2: Ooh, well, I mean, give another cheer for the nights is great. Yeah. Um, the Beyond the Gates one is really good, mm-hmm. and then there is one that I actually did record the bagpipes with. It's meant to be a lament, so it's called Lament for Wen Weaver.
3: Okay, perfect. so
2: that one actually has a song I wrote.
3: Perfect. Well, we'll definitely make sure that that's one of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so let official here. Here we go now. We're we're talking. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't great. like to make this too. I mean, I've never, I've never been a, a host of anything else, so I don't know what is standard or not. But I get the impression because I listen to a lot of podcasts that there's often like a a lot of pre-show conversation. But I feel like Mm -hmm. if I did that, I'd I'd miss a lot of stuff. And then during the actual like actual you know air quotes recording, I'd have to be like, you remember when you were telling me that thing? Tell me that thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So right. So let's just let's just dive into it. I want to know, Laura. Tell me all about you first of all. This is the (gasps) the most important thing. Where where were you born? What was life like (laughs) growing up? At what point did you encounter bagpipes? What other stuff did you like doing? How did your parents feel about it? That kind of stuff. So start with birth, and I'll ask you questions (laughs) as you go along.
2: All right. You bet. Okay. So, um, well, thanks again for having me on the show. First of all, you're awesome. Um, oh, you're if we awesome go back...
3: for, for <laughs> so many times. I think I started yeah. asking you for this in like March. So yeah, sorry about that was the
2: <laughs> best birthday present ever. I tell you what. <laughs> uh yeah well I was born in Utah um my dad is actually a doctor but he did not deliver me believe it or not um I was um full term what, but
3: what? what's up with that was he busy delivering other babies or no something?
2: he said that it was because he was just too nervous he's like because he knows oh, what can go wrong yeah. as the doctor you know what can go wrong yeah. he's like can't take that pressure so oh, that yeah. yeah yeah I get that um but yeah it was interestingly enough I came in like I've always been really tiny I was full term but only like um five and Half pounds. Oh yeah, teensy. Yeah, just uh, just always been kind of teensy-tiny and all short, which you know is part of my charm, I guess. But um, <laughs> so we moved um, to Mississippi when I was little, and it was fun because that's where I learned how to talk. And so I used to have a southern accent. I said, "Y'all." Did you really? I absolutely did. And coming back to uh, Utah when I was in so, about six years old, five years yeah. old. Mhm. Yeah, but we moved to Elk Ridge, Utah. It's a beautiful place. I loved growing up in Elk Ridge.
3: Was it and, like, like yeah. to, in my memory having grown up in Payson, Elkridge was like this new town on the hill. Had, had it, does it have like longer history or, oh, or was it like a new place when you moved there?
2: Actually, the a lot of the houses were really old. Um that- you know, I mean, this was granted, this was in the 80s, but I think a lot of them were built in the 60s and 70s when I moved up there. So it was a pretty old community to start out with. We, like, got the Schulers and the Quackenbushes and the Jorgensons that had been there forever before we of even names. moved there.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> well, if you're from Payson, yeah, people might know, you know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, no. But, yeah, so uh, we moved to Elk Ridge, and it was not super crowded at the time, you know. Right. A lot of open fields and... So yeah, we lived there and I grew up there and I took piano, you know, the start of my music was probably, I took piano lessons. I'm from Sister Burton. She taught me how to play piano and I hated practicing. Of
3: course, I knew a bunch of Burtons too. This is fun. This is fun. Did you the really Burtons. know the Burtons? Yeah, well, I knew, <laughs> I knew some Burtons. I don't know if they were cousins or what, but Cody Burton was a Burton that went to school with, that I went to school with.
2: It. Yeah, they've got to be related. Yeah. Everybody's related, you know, yep.
3: Get down there, in Utah. Down there, South
2: Utah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I started. Do you, do you, um, have, do you have other oh,
3: siblings too who played music as well?
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, to start out with, you know, you got to go before I was born. My grandma, my mother's mother, was like this primo singer, like opera singer, and mm. she played the piano like a dream. And, um, here in Utah so, or was she, yeah, was, Yeah. well, I mean, they moved everywhere cause my mom was a Navy brat. So they ah, kind of gotcha. moved in California and Texas and Japan and kind of cool places, mm-hmm. but she was a Catholic actually. And was like in charge of this beautiful Catholic choir in, um, California. And when she joined the, um, uh, church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this was after she was married. Um, then she didn't, she, you know, did a lot with church choirs and stuff, but she said she missed the, uh you know, beautiful cathedral sounds. So. Oh,
3: certainly. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. more, there's, there's more of a, uh, <laughs> what would you like, more of a Protestant um, sort of like minimalism in, in a lot of the, the yeah. instrumentation in music in, in Mormonism mm-hmm. compared to Catholicism.
2: Yeah, but you know, that's kind of where it all started. And so my mom made sure we had piano lessons and she, you know, encouraged us to do choir and she sings. She would sing alto in church. So I kind of grew up just hearing harmony. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, so that was really fun. And I've got an older sister... Who plays the piano way better than I do, and she took for many years. She's the best of us. And she actually lives here in Salem. So Mm. that's my sister Sarah. And then my younger brother, Nathan. Um, he also plays the piano. Like I said, a lot of us play the piano and yeah, he's a doctor now, and let's see. I got another sister, Janelle, and then we've got Marlena and Alicia. So there's six of us.
3: Yeah, it just kept going. I thought you were. I guess, every time I thought you were at the end of the list, there were more. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
2: well, I guess six is an okay number. I like it.
3: That's a great number. That's wait a minute. Is that how many? Yeah. How many siblings do I have? Ooh, <gasps> no, that's memory that's about, time. That's about right uh no yeah, yeah. anyway um hmm. sorry i didn't mean to take you off the tracks there but i was just no like, you're good in what kind of environment did you have siblings who are already playing piano and so it was like of course yes you play piano you know not like, right there's not even a question
2: yes and but you know where i got my love of um let's see the next instrument i played was the flutophone in fifth grade at barnett elementary
3: hey i no. went to barnett elementary too. Did oh my already, gosh did we both already know that wait
2: we where's, might not have. Was
3: Mrs. Money the the secretary? Yes,
2: yes, and she's related to me. She yeah. is
3: related to you. What the? Mm-hmm. Hang on Anna Money. Wait, did yeah. any of yeah. your siblings <laughs> take piano at Art City Music Academy?
2: No, okay. no, we all took from um, different people in Elkridge mostly.
3: Because, because I I couldn't remember if it was Mrs. Money or the other lady whose name I pre- it must be the other lady whose name I can't remember who was in the office uh-huh. there when I was when I was at Barnett. Who oh. it must have been the other lady had like grandkids or something who took piano with me at Art City. Music Oh Academy wow! So I was like, oh my goodness, Laura, were we in the same piano class? No, but we did go to the same <laughs> elementary school. That's that's fun
2: mm-hmm
3: cool sorry yeah I'm just gonna keep No, no, you're me, good to, please do no <laughs>
2: well it makes me feel better knowing that like you've got these on separate tracks because my biggest problem is I hate talking over people but I but I love to talk and so it's like I want to hear you talking <laughs> I want to hear me talking let's just all talk at the same time uh, but yeah so fifth grade flutophones for Christmas I mean do you remember playing the flutophone
3: yeah yeah totally you know
2: my, nowadays kids play recorders but flutophone was a, was really fun. And I just, I I learned
3: one. They had some at the school. Oh
2: yeah. Um, I don't remember if I got to keep mine or not, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just loved figuring out songs on it. Cause like piano, the same thing. I quit piano after like two years. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I didn't want to play those songs. I wanted to play the songs that I wanted to play. And so I'd like listen by ear to learn songs by piano. And so I did the same thing with the flutophone and they're like, for Christmas you know they're like Laura can you play this song we were at the mall I remember one time you know we played at the what was it the Orem mall shoot I remember I U- can't University remember what it was called mall. yeah University Mall and we were playing a song and uh, the teacher randomly just asked me to play hey do you know how to play it's a marshmallow world in December and I'm like kind of and so she had me play that song <laughs> had and you it ever was done it before um no. <laughs> so you just
3: went for it. All right. Yeah.
2: I had it on my piano books, like in one of the Reader's Digest piano books at home. And yeah. I brief. I vaguely knew it. It wasn't great. But I mean, I was I was rather excited that I could entertain people. And that's I've loved entertaining people ever since.
3: Yeah. For, yeah, for anybody so, who doesn't know who, or who hasn't already Googled it, in, in my memory at least, because I haven't touched a flutophone since I was, I don't know, seven years old. <laughs> but if, in my memory, it was kind of like if a recorder and an ocarina had a baby.
2: Yep. White and red and... Yep, yep and kind of a fun sound. Yep. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that.
3: You just went for it though. You, so I I wonder, like, I have wondered about that before because like, we'll get to more of this in your story, how you are an entertainer, but just like, I have thought before about like, what is it like the difference in experience for a person? If they get some taste of performance when they're too Mm -hmm. young to be scared about it, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Just like kind of run with that momentum. You know what I
2: mean? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so if you want to know like the performing bit. Yeah. Well, okay, I well part of it, I think I just came that way. Like we've got home videos of me um in Mississippi actually. We were in a ballet class and a dance class and gymnastics and stuff. And so my mom just had me in these classes with my sister. And uh, yeah, I was just up there doing my own thing. I like sometimes did the dance moves they did and sometimes I didn't and uh-huh. I think my had a very understanding mother and I've also been kind of a weird child and I loved doing voices and I loved, you know, copying the Disney, you know, princess voices and
3: and I'm, you know I'm, I'm imagining stuff like you that. being like this <laughs> this just like the 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 epitome of like the very tiny but like <laughs> bursting with energy yes. and personality like Southern fried Mississippi girl, you know?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just talk to anybody and love to sing, love to dance, love to be weird. I mean, I was weird. I made weird faces, made weird voices. But my mom, in her wisdom, was um, very understanding. And she never made me feel like I was awkward Mm -hmm. or weird. Like Mm -hmm. she just would let me wear whatever clothes I wanted as long as they were modest. And she didn't treat me like I was a weirdo. And so she just let me be creative. And I think that just having her just be cool with whatever I came up with. And she's very calm about it. She was like super praiseworthy. She's like, okay, you know,
1: uh, yeah,
0: that's yeah. just,
2: that's Laura. And that's just kind of where I never got afraid of performing, I guess. Well, yeah. good job, mom. Yeah, mom. Thanks, mom.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you get back to Utah and you carry yeah, on okay. with piano and what what else comes up? What else are you doing?
2: Um, let's see. So we, hmm, well, my mom still had me in dance class and we did a lot of sports uh, let's see. She had me in. Uh, we did the Utah Central Utah Stars. I'm, I'm if just you know like, what that I'm, is. I'm
3: super high on this, like us knowing <laughs> the same people and. Oh and gosh. Was, was the dance class at Petite Neat?
2: Um, okay, okay. So that comes later. Okay. I had a, I had an Irish dance class uh-huh. at Petite Neat, um, yep. actually, and I had, and this is the, this is a good story because, uh, I didn't know Irish music, mm-hmm. like until I was. Ooh, how old was I? Must've been at least 11, mm. 11 or 12. Yep. Like like fifth or sixth grade, sixth grade-ish. And so she, you know, my mom would just sign us up for random things to see what we like to do. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for this, she signed us up for this Irish dance class, me and my sister. And I remember they gave us a soundtrack to practice with and I would take it home. And this was back when we had like, um, you know, tapes, we had a tape, it wasn't mm-hmm. even a CD. And I remember laying on the carpet in my bedroom with this tape and just listening to it over and over again in the dark at nighttime, just like this music, just gets into my bones. Oh, I just, really? I couldn't stop listening to it. I mm. loved it, and and we only did the Irish dance class, you know, for what whatever it was, like six months, and we did a little performance, and it was fun. But like that soundtrack just stuck with me.
3: Was it like hornpipes, jigs, and reels kind of stuff? Like yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Clarinetas and whistles and all that. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know where that tape is now, though. I lost it.
3: Uh. Yeah, my, well, my little sister Sydney also took an Irish dance class at Petit Neat and so that's, <gasps> there you go. Oh my go. gosh! <laughs> you know, it's just all of this. <laughs> this is so yeah. fun. Yeah. Carry on. Oh, I'll, I'll keep I'm so to find glad. Old, little connections here and there. Well, I mean, but me did you,
2: but did you take an Irish dance class? I
3: never took an Irish dance class. <laughs> I should have, but I was I was too much. I, I, I'm 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 I, I'd like to think myself very egalitarian now, but as a child oh. I was I was maybe too aware of gender stereotypes mm-hmm. to, to have ever yeah. been dead. Well, I don't know. I did theater actually, so maybe I don't oh,
2: know. Oh I didn't know you did theater. I
3: did do theater. I say that and it oh sounds more highfalutin than it is. I mean I did children's plays at Neat, you know, but No, like
2: I, <laughs> like we no, wait, I did like a couple of plays at Neat, too. That was how I got into the youth theater program. Okay, was it part Spanish of Spanish
3: Was it part of the upstage thing? Uh with, with Elizabeth. So, so, or, excuse me, uh, her mom, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 Vance, man. It's so, ridiculous that I can't remember her name. No, now. That's, it's that's, okay. It's because I'm nervous, that's all.
2: Oh, don't be nervous. I mean, you're editing this later, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, but my editing is uh, very minimal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, Corinne, so, I was actually. Corinne Vance, there. <laughs> oh, Corinne Vance. So, I didn't know Corinne Vance, but I knew Crystal Keel, oh, who helped sure. with yeah. the program. Yeah. Yeah. And we, so I, so that was when the Spanish Fork Youth Theater kind of program was based out of petite Neat. They'd come and do petite right. Neat, and then they would go to Spanish Fork, and then they would go up to the Sierra Theater. And so, again, when I was in sixth grade, my mom signed me up for – thank you, Mom. Mom, you kept signing mm-hmm. me up for stuff. Um, so, yeah, she signed me up to do – we did Aesop's Fables. Like oh, it was a little my. summer thing. And then she's like, do you want to do this in the school year? And we did Narnia – in Spanish work and I actually only got a part of like a dancing deer or something and I was like that's so beneath me you know because I just wanted a bigger part and I almost quit and uh she's like well maybe you should stick it out and so I did and it ended up I actually was in that youth theater program every year till I graduated high school and then they said hey why don't you come back and be a teacher and so I've been teaching youth theater for 20 years I still haven't stopped
3: wow really I know I'm gonna have you meet my kids soon because I think they're about the (gasps) right to give it a try
2: Oh my gosh. I
1: love kids.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Keel was, uh, Crystal Keel and I were spouses in, uh, the music man once.
2: (gasps) Oh my gosh. We did
3: did a few shows together, but yeah, that was, that was one of them where we played opposite each other.
2: Well, I'll remember you to her when I see Mm -hmm. her next. That's fun. But yeah. So, um, yeah, I, man, if you want to talk about like my career as an entertainer, like it goes everywhere. I think uh, we did a school play okay get this at barnett elementary mm-hmm. you, do you remember when they used to do odyssey of the mind
3: oh i was in odyssey of the mind
2: yeah <gasps> jeez. We oh my together? gosh <laughs> i don't know when did you graduate
3: uh oh seven
2: dude you're way younger than me no, <laughs>
3: come on. we, we I,
2: were not even i thought it was no like i graduated.
3: years difference
2: dude i graduated in 2000
3: <laughs> no really then how did yes. I, but I know that I've known you for a really long time. so like, what's up with that? How did I know you? Because so Payson, just because yeah, Payson, that's true. It's I mean, not like it's a huge city or anything.
2: No. And because like, I don't know, I don't care how old people are or how young people are. I will just make friends with anyone. So
3: do you think it's partly to the, like, you have a vivacious personality and you're not very <laughs> tall. And so you just maybe always seemed younger. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> so maybe. I'll, we're about the same age. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, no, um. Odyssey
2: of the Mind was huge um, in kind of helping me develop my creativity. Oh, yeah. I, and I,
3: I, that, It made a huge difference in my life too. That was a really important yeah. thing to me.
2: And like watching the other people, like especially the older people, be in place. I literally memorized their parts. Mm. Um, and we have them all in our home videos. Just I idolized them. It was just like, you guys are the coolest. And so I would memorized their parts. Um, and I played a granny in third grade. That was my first, my actual first theater, I guess you could say, mm. part. And I played an old grandma lady, and it was so fun.
3: Yeah, and so we should describe just briefly for anybody who's oh, yes. suffering through this. Odyssey of the Mind is, is like they would give – they split these groups of kids into teams. It's like this creative mm-hmm. thinking thing. Mm-hmm. and so yeah. there are di- It's kind of like sports too. Like there would be competitions, and so there were different things. But kind of the main event yeah. was you'd be presented at the beginning of the school year with like here's your problem. Now you need to mm-hmm. solve it in the form of a skit a skit, yeah. And so like sometimes it was like a mathematics problem like like with physics you had to build something that could hold a certain amount of weight but you had to work that into your skit somehow and sometimes it was like I don't know, I remember doing one that was like mechanics um I remember Right. Uh, were they all something mechanical like that? I don't know. Um
2: no, not always. Um we had one that was dinosaur related. It was mm. science related sometimes and my sister did it too, and they did – yeah, they had to build a lot of machines. There's a one where you did bolts of wood where it had to see how much weight. You had to build a structure right. to see how much weight it could take. Yeah. But sometimes they were just creativity where it was like you have to include Dr. Seuss in your oh,
3: yeah, that's right. Uh,
2: thing, and you had to include dinosaurs. Yeah, and I, so, I did one that was like yeah. – I remember
3: now that it was like a marketing thing. We had to come up with a product yeah. and, and also like make our skit into somehow a presentation of that product, why you need it, what it's good for, that kind of stuff too.
2: Right, and when I was in sixth grade, we we did it into middle school somehow. I don't know how, but do you remember Chrissy Vest or the Vests at all?
3: Oh, for sure, um, Brady yeah. Vest was. Uh, yeah, was yeah,
2: her yeah, her brother. Yeah. Oh my gosh, or her cousin. What I don't know, they're all related. Something
3: like that. Yeah, I think their but grandpa was yeah. the mayor once. Like again, small town. Wow,
2: <laughs> I love I love small towns, but yeah, when we were in sixth grade, that was our last year doing it, and we actually had a music, uh, a musical challenge. They said you had mm. to build a musical instrument that you could play without touching it, and so that was a fun oh. challenge.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey fun connection one of the <gasps> years that I did Odyssey of the Mind yeah we made a bagpipe for <gasps> for the for one of our um Challenges for one of the challenges, and it, what, what we did is we just took a bag and like tied PVC pipe into it, and then I like mm-hmm. spit into it like a like a didgeridoo, like a tiny, didger, like a trumpet, you know? Uh huh. Um, and we pretended like that counted, but that wow, <laughs> there you the, go, Oh, no, totally. Are still here.
2: <laughs> Wait, did you know about bagpipes when you guys made that? Were you into oh, bagpipes I, when you did that? I was
3: into it, I wasn't playing bagpipes yet, but uh uh-huh. Um, my family was always very enthusiastic about bagpipes for sure. Like it, oh. was, it, it had already been very clearly uh described to me that my future would hold back (laughs) according to my father you know like i was gonna wow so
2: cool i didn't know that see i love that we're talking because like we we didn't get a lot of chance to visit you know and we're doing performances and stuff but uh together so this is fun to get to know more about you too
3: yeah, but I keep on, I'm, I'm getting too excited about all these connections. So oh, okay. I'm going to try to hold back a little bit and let me okay, tell okay. a coherent story about how you got to where you are. So.
2: Oh gosh, coherent is asking a lot. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. We're in sixth grade, Odyssey of the Mind. I've been playing the flutophone, uh, ukulele in fifth grade. But when the band people came around, you know, they're like, hey, you can play all these different instruments. And I was torn. I was like, do I play drums? Or like, cause I felt really good at the, at the flutophone. I'm like, mm-hmm. I felt competent at it already. So I'm like, do I play the flute? And they're like, well, you should probably go for the clarinet. Cause it's the most closest to fingering. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, clarinet or drums, clarinet or drums. So I went with the clarinet and I played that in sixth grade. And I remember, um, like almost flunking because I wouldn't fill out those dang practice sheets. I mean, uh, did you have anyone who's yeah. been in band, you know, knows you got to fill out those practice sheets, but, um, so I played the clarinet. So you, you
3: played, like you had fun playing music, but you didn't oh, yeah. like track it, and so you almost failed. Right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. What I what if, What would happen if I flunked out? Yeah. yeah. Also, what would have happened? Like one time, I was at that. Remember the old middle school in Payson? It was the old one right across from the park. Uh-huh, yeah. That's where I went to middle school, and so I remember going there for band practices. And one time, my mom just didn't pick me up, oh. and you know, I'm like, well, I can't really just walk home. That's a long way for a sixth grader, and I was sitting there on that. Porch for like two hours, <laughs> waiting for my mom to show up, and so I'm like, well, at least I have my clarinet with me. That's
3: that's lucky. <laughs> sit there and play some sad songs on your clarinet. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh man, now I've got a good picture in my head.
3: And it makes um, your mom feel any better. Um, it, I I have also been forgotten at various um, you know, like after wrestling <laughs> practice or after band yeah. practice, stuff like that, all over Payson. So.
2: Yeah, and I think playing was a generous term. I more squeaked, you know, at the time. Squeak. <laughs>
3: squeaked. Some
1: sad
0: squeak on those reeds.
2: <laughs> yeah, but then um, I kept taking band up until junior high, and then I was like, well, I really want to try choir, mm. and I was still doing youth theater at the time, and I wanted to be in the school plays, and so, in junior high, I was in choir. And um, so I stopped playing the clarinet for one year, I think. No, no, no. To take it back. Were nope. You,
3: were you feeling any family pressure to do choir too, with your your sort of heritage of you know your your grandma and, your and big choir people, or was that not made? There big deal? wasn't.
2: No, there wasn't really pressure to do it. I just really wanted to. Yeah. Because I really liked singing and – well, with youth theater. So youth theater was where I got my love of singing because there was this girl that played the White Witch in Narnia. She had the most amazing voice. And then after that year, I would sing in my garage all the White Witch songs and try to pretend I was her and like wanted to sound as good as she did. So
3: I I don't have a clear enough memory of it to be like, oh, yeah, I saw you. But I definitely went and saw that show. (laughs) That was the of work, right?
2: Um, we did do it in Spanish Fork. Yeah. And then we went up to the Sarah, like we did it in two, I don't know how they did that, but they moved the whole set up to the Sarah shell so we could do it outdoor performance too. You saw that play?
3: I I saw it in Spanish Fork. Yeah, for sure. Oh my
2: gosh. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. I was in that show, (laughs) but yeah. So I loved singing anyways. There was not a lot of pressure. Um, to do it, although my mom would generally say stick with something for a year. I was also doing taekwondo at the time. Like we, we did a ton of stuff, dude. Like I owe so much to the fact were, that. Were you to... ever home? <laughs> yes, we played a lot of games in my backyard. Yeah. Like we'd make up games. My best friend uh, Levi Lichte lived next door, and we just would play, 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 play outside. We'd make up games like just that creative, yeah. you know, those creative juices. Like that's just where I you know, I thrived. And so like people would say, Oh, your dad's a doctor. You must be rich. And I'm like, I don't feel rich. Like I didn't think we were rich. Cause like we didn't like, my mom was very thrifty cause she grew up very poor. And so we didn't have a lot of clothes. We didn't have a lot of stuff. But now that I look back on it, now that I've had a kids of my own, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did she pay for all of us to do all that stuff? Yeah,
3: that was the thing, right? All the money was, yeah. was signing you up for things in the gas to get you to the place. Oh my right?
2: gosh. <laughs> well, back when gas was less than a dollar <laughs>
3: right.
2: and I rode, I rode my bike. Like I rode to swim team too. I did swim team and I'd ride my bike from Elkridge to Payson sometimes. And mm make my mom drive me home. But
3: <laughs> would have been a lot so, safer then. Now that highway between Salem and, and, uh, and Payson is Yeah. Scary.
2: Now I'd go on Goose Nest, so it wasn't oh, too bad, but God. like, yeah, no, I'd love that, you know, the same places, but mm-hmm. so I was just very blessed and never felt pressure to do it. It was just kind of a culture of, yeah, whatever you are interested in, let's, let's try it out, but stick with it for a year at least. Yeah. And let's, you know, so a lot of these things I'm saying I've, I've come and gone with, sure. but, uh, yeah. So I apologize, but here we come to the, the big moment, the bagpipes moment. Is it,
0: yeah.
2: Okay. I'm so excited to talk about this. So, um, okay. So as we know, I've taken that little Irish dance class for just got a taste of that Irish music and I just was in love with it, but didn't really know, where to find it, you know, and we didn't really go to the Scottish festival. I'm embarrassed, you know, as a family.
3: That's surprising. So, you're, you're I You were so close and yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we probably went like once or twice, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a big part of our culture in my house. Um, but when I was in ninth grade, this was turning point. Um, I was in the plays and I met my good group of friends. Um, we had Jacob Moody and Danny Caldwell and Joey Wilkinson and Justin Hadley and <laughs> Ryan Adams and notice they're all boys.
3: Uh, and cute <laughs> um,
2: boys, too. They were all so cute. Oh, my gosh. Like, so much so much of my motivation was definitely cute boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not ashamed to say it.
3: I, so, I do know pretty much all that whole list of people, and I can verify they're all very handsome.
2: Oh, yes, very much so. And it was interesting because, I mean, like, if you scoot back a little bit, I actually in ninth grade, I was – I needed a group of friends because um, – I don't think my group of friends really got how weird I was and they were kind of, you know, embarrassed to be seen with me. And I went through a lot of friend, I, lot, I went through a lot of friend groups. And so it was kind of the first time I actually prayed to heavenly father, like, um, I need a group of friends that get me. And like, the, and I got in this play <laughs> and the
3: bagpipe boys.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. It was perfect. And we did the Shakespeare play together and we went down to the Shakespeare competition Oh yeah, and we all competed together. So we spent a lot of time after school just doing stuff and, so I got this group of friends through the play and that and, you know, deciding if I wanted to go into marching band or stuff. And they were all taking the bagpipe class in ninth grade and I was not. Mm-hmm. And so they were Which, like, you should learn at, the bagpipe At the time, the bagpipe,
3: yeah. bagpipe class was bagpipes were part of the marching band in Payson. Just,
2: yes. Just to make yes, they were. Clear, really. Yeah. It was a great feeder system, too. I'm, I'm, I don't know what they do nowadays, but. Um, yeah. So in my yeah. mind, oh, all the cool boys,
3: Diana just does a lot of work. To oh, work gosh, people, Diana.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I know Leanne Johnson does some right, help Leanne too there. Husband too. Yeah, they're helping oh, me. those bagpipe moms they are so good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I saw these guys playing bagpipes and Danny Caldwell was in that group and he didn't know how to play the pipes and he was going to start taking private lessons and he's like, you should take private lessons with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's do that together. That sounds like a fun thing to do. And I mean, I had a huge crush. I'm just going to say this out loud: huge crush on Jacob Moody. Um, he played the prince in the play, and I played the princess. And we kind of, um, we kind of started like a little puppy, you know, puppy love romance that turned into we started, you know, being boyfriend girlfriend. Our sophomore year, the,
3: the movies and I, had what three <laughs> boys? Four boys. Yes, and then then finally they had a girl. Good for good for them, right? But yes, Alicia. All serious lady killer boys for sure. All very. Oh gosh, yeah,
2: very much so. I loved their family, but it was just such a good group to be involved with. And so, I I tell people when people say, you know, even when I was working at Evermore, they're like, "How did you learn how to play the bagpipes? Where did this come from?" And you know, I attribute it to two things. I lived in Payson, you know, Mm just Payson, and having it so available Um, because I guess there's only two high schools in Utah that have bagpipe bands.
3: Yeah, Ben Loman and Payson.
2: Um, Ben Loman and Payson. And then literally I joined, I I learned the bagpipes for a cute boy because I just wanted to spend more time with him, and I thought he was the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, you know, he's like, you should learn the bagpipes. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so, yeah, and so so I learned the bagpipes with private lessons with uh, Danny Caldwell from Mr. Don Smith. Thank you, Don. Good old
3: Don Smith.
2: Oh, man, he's the man. And so... Very grateful for all the time and effort he put into that, and and I, I wanted to try it for the bagpipe band, and so I practiced real hard, and I made the bagpipe band in high school, and so I was part of the marching band de facto. Right, yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into bagpipes.
3: There we go. So that so now that you're all right. into bagpipes. We I'm made, in we it. Hit that I was far. I was in it. Yes. Did you play with the high school through high school? And then did you play with yes. Peaks at some point later?
2: Yes, yes, yes. So I played with the high school band all through my sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, and we played at graduation. That was really special. I loved that. Did uh go playing well the go there
3: Because when I played, I played for like three <laughs> or four graduations. And it was like, there was just like this, this, um, uh, this idea that like graduation performance for the bagpipes is cursed; it will always go poorly. Did it go well
2: for you? <laughs> As I recall, it went pretty well. Must have been you know, the last think,
3: time that it went well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I play. I don't know if I played with um the my sophomore or junior year, but I must have.
0: Yeah.
2: It's hard to remember, man. That was a, twenty years ago, dude. Silly. Puh. Yeah, but I I I loved my time in the marching band because I loved all that marching military kind of stuff because when i was in the dance class we did drill downs you know like for drill team oh
1: sure
0: and
2: i was pretty good at that too like i think i won an award like at a national competition or some, or state competition mm. for like you know right face left face at right. ease attention you know all that stuff so i loved that marching band stuff um but we did we were kind of salty i remember there was some bad feelings and some salty feelings it was kind of a hard thing that if you wanted to be in the pipe band you had to be in the marching band like right. it was a it was a double deal and so i think there were some pipers that were really great that just didn't want that and so we i felt like we missed out a little bit on having them there mm-hmm. but um but yeah but we still we still you know got to hang out and play bagpipes together yeah. so yeah
3: but then it would have been a very natural thing to go play with White Peaks because Don Smith was running the band.
2: Oh yes, yep, the, that feeder system, man. So after high school, um, I went to I got see I got the sterling scholar in music because music has always been a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. I took AP music and passed that test, so that was lucky. And you know, Mr. Dahlquist was the choir teacher, and I just took choir all throughout high school too. And yeah, yeah, music is huge, and so of course I wanted to keep doing it. So I got a got a scholarship per UVSC back when it was Utah Valley State College, right. And I actually, I I was this close to going down to SUU to play bagpipes down there because it was also my dream. I had this dream, James. Mm. I had this dream because my mom used to, our parents took us down to the Shakespeare Festival every year since we were 12. And of course, I had a crush on all the musicians. But I was like, all I want to do is grow up and sell tarts and speak in an accent and be in that green show, tarts for sale, you know, and, (laughs) and announce the shows and just dance and and do the funny plays. So that was my side dream. That's a great like, dream. I know. And so I was like, maybe if I go down to SUU to play bagpipes down there, I'll get in the Shakespeare Festival. Yeah, yeah. And I do remember, like, I can't remember if Don Smith kind of maybe colored that situation. He's like, that ah, there's a lot of politics down there. And also the money thing. I was like, well, if I stay at home, I can, you know, save money.
3: So, yeah, But I was this close. I don't remember... I, he told me about it, but I can't remember was he had he been at suU himself? Yes that's yep right. yep yeah.
2: yep he and Deanne were down there. I think that's where they met or yeah. anyways but that, so there's some hard um, you know things that went on down there that I was like oh well you know maybe it's for the best I did and, and you know you'll see how this all fits together because mm. this side dream of me being in the green show oh, and yes. being a performer and speaking an accent right. is going to come into play in a bit but like also I think that if I would have gone down to SUU so as a theater person I'm I get a little too familiar with you know people physically and just like <laughs> ah the, the chances to get inappropriate for it, myself I know isn't it I fuzzy? think I would have
3: such a thing right <laughs> why is
2: it such a thing it... <laughs> I, I think well I actually think that it's just this innate you know nature that is you know a very loving nature and it just gets um you know if it g- is given its head then it just, you know, can get a little out of control, and, but it's this very innate love for people, and just to interact, and see people smile, and, but, oh, yeah, I could have, I, yeah. I, think, do, do you yeah. think part
3: of it could be that, like, also that, like, any of us who is drawn to theater, it's partly that, like, <laughs> we, we like feeling loved as well, like, we want people to oh, clap my gosh. for us, and stuff like that, oh, so yeah, you put all of us together for hours on end, day after day, like, we maybe mm-hmm. are, Very likely to get a little too familiar a little too quickly. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, you know, yeah, it's like you get to, when you're in a show with someone, it's like you're best friends. And then I think the reason why drama people are so dramatic is because you're so, you know, it's like a trauma bond almost because you, because there's so many problems that you have to solve being in a show together. So it's a great problem solving activity. You get close, you, you help each other through hard stuff and you have all these inside jokes, but then you have to leave when the show's over and it's, tr- it's, mm, it's emotional mm, mm, yeah. and you go through these ups and downs, like a roller coaster. It's like, yay, we're best friends. And then oh, I'll have to say goodbye. And then we're yeah. in the show again. Yay, we're friends. And you have to constantly say goodbye to like your best friends. And so, you know, we just make the most of it and...
3: And I don't sometimes know. Sometimes making the most of it goes a little, <laughs> a little beyond the gets line, little... especially in a conservative religious community.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So, but anyways, I just know myself. I think, yeah, I might have my life might have gone a different direction if, you know, I would have been, yeah. you know, uh, left to my own devices, and
0: <laughs>
2: I'm okay with that. You know, so yeah, I'm you know. I'm okay with how things turned out. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. So yeah. Oh oh oh. So kept playing bag bagpipes all throughout college. Um. Let's see. Okay.
3: Now you better ask. If you were playing bagpipes all throughout college, was that mostly with White Peaks or were you doing a lot of? That was only, that
2: was, that was with White Peaks. Um, Occasionally I would get asked to play at like a funeral. Oh my gosh. Okay, James, I forgot bagpipes were so important because, um, so, you know, my mom's family, Mm -hmm. but my, but my mom's dad, my great grandpa, she would visit him up in sugar house, like every month, Mm -hmm. like she's a good granddaughter and she would take one of us to go visit him and um, he started to lose his hearing after a while. And so I would bring my bagpipes and play for him. And it was one of the only things he could hear after right. a while. Yeah. And I just felt loved that he loved my bagpipes. You know, some people, they either love them or they hate them. Right. But he was always so enthusiastic. And so he actually passed away my senior year. Mm. And uh, wait, was it my senior year? No, I think it was, it was like the year after I graduated because I remember wearing my white Peaks mm. uh, kilt. And so I played at his funeral and I just, oh, I, I was so grateful that I could play the bagpipes. And in that solemn moment, you know, when bagpipes are so appropriate and we actually had a bagpipe connection where I played my bagpipes for him while he was alive and right, yeah. gosh, I'm getting teary. I just remembering it now.
3: Yeah. No, that is special.
2: But yeah, so I would play at funerals and I would play um, for the odd thing here and there. Uh, when I, I actually played in a parade uh, like a couple of parades on my own, like for my ward when I was uh, first married.
3: That's a, uh, for um, anybody who's not, uh, plugged into Mormonism, a ward is like a local congregation oh, yes. in church.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I actually got, kick, I actually got kicked I've, out I've of a play. I've
3: got a of friends who I know, who I, who I, <laughs> I, at least two people who I know listen to this who aren't Mormon So, you know, I'll, I'll translate oh, oh for them if nobody else.
2: <laughs> and I apologize right now because my vernacular is just, I just talk, 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 and I don't even think about it. And I appreciate that because I'm not good at that kind of thing. So I appreciate no you doing that. Um, So I actually got kicked out of a play once because I... I chose to play the bagpipes in a children's parade or something and I was late for a rehearsal. This was at the Sarah Theater and I was, it was kind of sad. I I was playing Martha in the Secret Garden. It was like one of my dream roles. And it was like, it was like literally two weeks before the performance and it was a big scandal. Uh, Well, like, like i had been, yeah, I've been late for like, like they're like, wait, that was three, three rehearsals you were late for. And the only reason they were able to do that is because they had a backup Martha. And so I was gonna I was, say,
3: like what uh, the beggars can't be choosers. This is community I know. theater. What are they thinking?
2: <laughs> but yeah, but Utah community theater, you've got a lot of talent. Like yeah, a lot of people. The talent to. pool in Utah is huge. So that was kind of sad. But but I, I did play those bagpipes and and things. And so
3: is that yeah. was the Sierra Theater is that the shell, the outdoor one? At the yes.
2: Yeah, the outdoor theater.
3: We live super yes. close to that theater. Oh, isn't living, it beautiful? We we live close enough that I can listen to the concerts when I'm out doing my yard work, mm-hmm. and the overflow parking ends up on our street, so they give us free tickets every season. Very cool. Yeah, lucky us.
2: Yeah, and and I was actually in a I was in the Into the Woods that was a, it wasn't at the shell, but it was in the indoor theater. Yeah. And I played Little Red. That was one of my other favorite <gasps> dream roles. Laura,
3: guess what? 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 I did, what? I did Into the Woods at Petit <gasps> once, and I was the big bad wolf
2: okay, we're gonna have to like Something
3: sing that little, song together sometime yeah, that yeah.
2: that creepy gross song little no little, just yeah,
3: kidding let's, let's not sing that song actually yeah let's not
2: <laughs> let's let's not and say we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but no that was so fun oh my gosh what a what a small hey friends world.
3: just hopping in here to give you the standard quick note uh make you aware that this podcast is something i love doing i'll always keep doing it for free it's something that i love doing so it's no big deal for me to keep doing it. i really like doing it but if you want to send me money i'm not gonna stop you the easiest way to do that is on patreon just go to patreon.com slash droning on podcast we do regular drawings over there for bagpipey albums and we haven't got to any books of music yet sheet music and stuff like that that's that's something we should I meant to do from the beginning. Let's, we'll, we'll get doing some of that, maybe before the year's over here. Um, all the patrons are in the figurative hat for those drawings, um, and there are other benefits to being a member as well. Um, they're all listed there at patreon.com slash podcast. Also, I've got this little side project. I'm still running bagpipeswag.com, trying to make some cool bagpipe and drum pipe band a, a, a inspired designs and stuff like that. It's also a place where other pipe bands or, or groups or pipers as individuals can sell their sell their merch um and and get paid for it too um so if you're interested in doing that let me know but right now uh this episode's coming out in the middle of october the, the, you might have seen it on social media already but just in case you didn't i've got a special edition of my, the memento mori design over there um fac musica in terim. now i don't speak latin very fluently but what i meant for that translation to be is you know, remember you shall die. That's the memento mori thing. But then the fac musica interum is supposed to mean, at least. If you meet any Latin, any fluent Latin speakers, don't don't try try. Maybe don't ask them about this. But I think it's pretty close. It's meant to say, um, uh, make music in the meantime or meanwhile, make some music. And uh, it's a it's a fun design. So I'm doing a special edition of it in October where it's got this nice Halloweeny orange printing it on black. And here's the thing, I'm selling it at fifteen dollars per shirt, which I'm not even joking is. Some of the orders, depending on the size and how far it ships, are going to cost me just a little bit of money. But here, I'll be super transparent with you. Here's the reasons (laughs) I'm doing it. One is that it's fun, and it's just a thrill to me every time I see something I've designed on somebody else. And so I want to get more stuff out there. Another, because I'm just feeling real. I'm in a very grateful and appreciative mood right now, having a lot of fun doing these bagpipey projects and stuff like that. Another is that I want to get people on the website because my hope is if you go there for the cheap shirt, you'll see other shirts that you really like and you'll buy some at the regular price or you'll put together a holiday shopping list for your, for your significant other or something like that. And then another is that I want to get some more social media activity going on with the, with the, with the Bagpipe Swag thing. So um on Instagram and Facebook, that's where I post photos of the new products and stuff like that. So follow it, uh, maybe get yourself a shirt. Um, if you, and, and here's the promo is that if you get one of these shirts and then tag Bagpipe Swag in a photo or video of you wearing it, then I'm going to do a drawing at the end of the month on November 1st um, for someone to win a $45 gift card to use on Bagpipe Swag. So go grab one post some photos and see if you don't win a gift card, get started on your holiday shopping there with that or something like that. You know, don't forget you can write into the show at the droning on podcast at gmail.com. There'll be links for all this stuff in the show notes. And let's get back to talking with Laura. She's I awesome. That I
2: was married by this point. Um, I got married um, to my husband, Cooper Brockbank and he, so yeah so when people say you know i i dated jacob moody all throughout high school and kind of thought i was going to marry him and you know wrote to him on his mission you know his religious mission i wrote mm-hmm. to a lot of a lot of uh, friends that were on missions and it didn't end up working out and so i and was just grateful j- just oh, to ahead. make
3: sure like that that's a that's a whole thing for, for if a mormon boy goes on a mission then like <laughs> if there's a girl writing to him you know like like to say i'll write you on your mission it's it's kind of a commitment it's like a whole thing right it's like
2: uh actually i didn't think of it that way because oh, oh, did you my <laughs> no my mom is funny you know you can tell my mom had a lot to do with stuff. she's like those guys are out there for 2 years and they it's a service if you write them a, you know write them letters it's this is you know you know, how could you not write them, you know, oh, just see. to give them a friendly, just a friendly note. So, so and I should so, say
3: then for some people, that's what it means. For some people. It, it's like, it's like yeah. a link thing. Like I'll write to you means I'll wait for yeah. you, you know, in, in many ways. Oh, for some, people,
2: <laughs> for some, no, I was writing at one point, James, I was writing 20 missionaries all at once. <laughs> and and it, was, it wasn't because I was you a player. keep
3: your options open.
2: <laughs> oh, but there was definitely that element there. Cause I was like, you know, well, when you do get home, yeah, you know,
3: right, yep.
2: and, and that was how me and my husband kind of how I really fell in love. I, okay. I had a crush on every boy in high school and, <laughs> and, and, my husband and I, let's not we let, were...
3: If Jacob Moody really <laughs> happens to hear this, let's not let him feel too good about himself. He wasn't the only one you had a crush on, right?
2: <laughs> uh, Well, while we were dating, absolutely, he was the only one I had a crush on. You know what I mean? But I mean, you just have like those little friendship crushes on people. It's but yeah, good. just like, I just love people. And um, yeah, so I actually fell in love with my husband through letters because he was, he was in my ward, but like we didn't date or anything. Mm. Um, and then we went to high school together. And so he graduated the same year I did. And so I kind of saw him around. We rode the bus together and kind of sat together and chatted, you know, just as friends to have some, someone to talk to because I lived in Elk Ridge and rode the bus.
3: It's a long, long long bus, <sighs> bus ride for sure. From yeah. Elk Ridge over to any school in Payson.
2: And I did drive, but I I rode the bus to save money. And I had to, anyways, and when I was in, you know, marching band, we had to get rides anyways. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I digress. I'm a little, you know, I'm just excited to tell all these details.
3: I'm just charmed by the idea of anybody falling in love through letters. I think that's a lovely thing. Well,
2: yeah, he, I just, oh my gosh. And he wrote poetry and like, it, it never felt like he was like trying to win my heart. I just fell in love with the fact that he, he like, um, never told me what, you know, I think he wanted me to hear, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. what he thought I wanted to hear. He was just himself. And, and yeah, so we wrote and I, t- I teased him. I was like, um, how come you never took me on a date? Like before you went on your mission? He's like, cause I had to earn all the money myself. He was constantly working.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so he almost took me to prom. Um, when me and Jacob were on a, we were on a break kind of, and I thought I wasn't going to get to go to prom and I'd already made my like handmade my dress and
1: Wow.
2: We ended up not going and together. And so my mom was like, Oh, we gotta find you a date And it was like kinda of, is he gonna take me? Is he not? And so everybody had already gotten a date by then and yeah. long story short, I went with one of my theater friends from Spanish Fork and it was lots of fun.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I think it was. uh, I was just double checking to make sure because I have misattributed quotes before, but I believe it was. I can verify it was Jane Austen who said, "A person who can write a long letter with ease cannot write ill."
2: Oh gosh, and we, we, yeah, and me and my husband, like, we had contests to see. Like, I think I he wrote me like a. I wrote him like a ten-page letter, and so he (laughs) he wrote me back like an eleven-page letter. So it kind of became a competition because I'm highly competitive. Was his handwriting
3: getting bigger and bigger as he went along, <laughs> larger? Uh, his
2: handwriting became. was, his handwriting was beautiful and way better than mine. And so I was like, wow, this mm-hmm. is this is very attractive handwriting. Yeah, right. a... <laughs> if
3: you can't see his attractive <laughs> face during those two years, you're looking at his attractive handwriting and be like, what handsome, what a handsome hand.
2: <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah. So he came home from his mission and we got married and then, and then. So I kind of actually stopped playing the bagpipes a little bit off and on because I had, you know, as we started having kids at the point where I had, and I was teaching school too, I got my degree in elementary education. So Mm -hmm. I was teaching full time and trying to put him through school. And I had these two kids. Um, I mean, gosh, mind my life story. How can you do this to me, James? My first, my first child, um, I got uh, preeclampsia and had to go on bed rest for a month. Mm. Yeah. And so, and then even then he, they, I went in for a checkup and they're like, we have to take him now. Mm. He was a month and a half early. Oh, wow. Um, and so we were in the hospital for two weeks and, you know, trying to figure out the feeding tubes and the oxygen right. and jeez.
3: To what degree does your... I don't understand. I'm no, I'm no medical doctor, but, you know, a little more than half of a person's DNA comes from their mom. So your mm-hmm. smallness, even at full term, did that translate to <sighs> super, super smallness for your um, baby?
2: Funnily enough, as a preemie baby, he was like over six pounds, he was which is huge. you. He's bigger than me. Full
3: term.
2: <laughs> yeah, my uh, my problem was something completely different. Uh, um, we don't want to get in the medicals of it, but it was basically my, uh, the umbilical, umbilical cord was like malformed and that's probably oh. why my belly button is so small. <laughs> now, you can't see me, but my belly button's tiny.
3: I w- and I of course I didn't know that, but I wish I could have said something <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, I've heard you I've heard you have a tiny belly button." <laughs>
1: now we find Well, now
2: know you know why. what I'm what I'm really famous for is my belly button, you know, bagpipes <laughs> right. aside. But uh but yeah, and so he was he was big, but um he wasn't ready to come out yet. Yeah, still
3: premature. Sure. Yeah,
2: and so having him and I needed to take a break. <laughs> so oh, I took a break course, from bagpipes. Maybe and i was just teaching full time but i loved the bagpipes and so i was trying to get back into it and ended up with my second child um i stopped working full time and so we kind of moved in with my parents into their basement mm-hmm. you know there's no shame at the time like i kind of felt like some people shamed us on it a little bit but nowadays it's like oh pff, everybody just moves in and out as they need to just yeah, but at the time i was like nope i want to be with my kids, and I need to be there full-time, especially with my oldest because he was kind of developmentally delayed and mm-hmm. just needed me there full-time. So I had my two little kids, and Cooper was trying to fi- – he was just finishing up college and trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was a hard time, and so I did get – I got back into the bagpipes after my second was born um, with White Peaks – Mm-hmm. And um, it was like my one thing that filled my bucket. It's like my one thing that I did that wasn't being a mom. <laughs> right,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so I was really grateful for that. Um, got lots of sun in those parades and
0: let's of see. To yeah.
2: To but and things like but that. then by my third kid, I started developing um, what's called diastasis uh, recti, which is where your abdominal muscles are split apart from having kids, oh, and I, I would. know t- about
3: this, yeah.
2: Do you really? Wow, you're so smart.
3: I'm super. I basically you am are a super doctor, smart, actually. Wow. Yeah, like I haven't gone to school for it, but I think I could probably like deliver some <laughs> stuff. would be fine.
2: Wow. Well, if I was still having babies, maybe you know, in a pinch, I'd call you. I'd call you, James.
3: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> okay, so I started getting this thing where I'd go on parades, and then on the way home, I would just have this really sharp pain. It felt like mm. I was like, is my kill too tight? you know, what's going on here. And so it was just like, almost felt like a cramp that wouldn't go away. And it was just like the sharp pain. And I'm like, what the heck? So I, I just remember being in agony on the car rides home from, from things, especially if they were far away and just like, what is wrong with me? And so basically I was getting, you know, a, a mini hernia kind of mm-hmm. every time I played the bagpipes. And so I was like, Oh crumb. So I had to, I had to stop playing for a while. Uh, and so my doctor's like, you probably need to lay off on the bagpipes for a while and, right. and you know build up your abdominal wall. So I was doing crunches and sit-ups and stuff. And I quit the band for a while there and, and had a couple more kids. And um, let's see, where are we now? <laughs> ah,
3: heck, if I can't play bagpipes, I'll just have a few more babies. <laughs> yeah,
2: seriously, man. Yep. So now we're at the point where we moved to Payson. Our first home was in Payson actually, yeah. right across from Taylor Elementary. And I loved it. I could almost basically kick my kid across the street and they'd be at school.
3: Yeah. I thought that's awesome.
2: hmm Yeah. So I was in bagpipes on and off in Payson and had to had to quit for a while there, and I wasn't doing a lot of theater performing either. I was teaching theater, but I wasn't really doing it myself. I tried it for a couple of um, community plays and like didn't get a lead, and I was like, eh, maybe I don't have to, as much time for this as I thought I did because mm-hmm. I, I I I I'm so embarrassed to say I'm kind of. I mean, I'd gotten so many good roles as a teenager. Um, oh, oh, here's yeah. my kid. Close close the door, sweetheart.
3: It's no uh, problem.
2: Go. T- good. You no. Know, yep. They. You're lucky. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, it's the time commitment, and if you know I'm not going to have a lead, then I'm probably right. not going to yeah. go do it, which is so snotty, and I'm so embarrassed to I no, mean, admit it, that. It, it,
3: I, I can. I totally feel like you can feel like, oh no, there's no small part. I should be willing to take the part. Yeah. Like but no, it, it. You know, seasons of life and stuff. You can only budget yeah. so many of your minutes out of your 24 hours, and so. Yeah, right. It, right. It, it, it totally does make sense. It's not snotty.
2: Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, and, and every once in a while they would throw me in as a part. Like if a kid was absent for a performance, they'd mm-hmm. be like, "Laura, you're the short one. You know, <laughs> you go do this kid. part." And I, <laughs> and I have a good memory, and so sometimes I could do the kids' parts. Like yeah. I did some solos in Narnia, and I played. Gosh, just recently they did it to me. I had to play Olaf in Frozen because oh, I, I had like three days to learn that part. It was insane, but yeah but it was, but it's fun. I get a rush out of it. So I'm like, I just, I love performing. I love singing. I love dancing. I love acting and I love playing the musical instruments. So I mean, this is my element. Yeah. I just, I'm sorry. I just keep, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. People just say, how did you get this way? I'm like, I don't know. I just came this way.
3: Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I love so much about precisely doing this show is I love hearing how unexpected turns, you know, random happenstance, things like that all mm-hmm. kind of come together to you know mm-hmm. bring us to where we are it's just it's a fascinating yeah. thing to look back on and then to think what's going to yeah. happen next you know absolutely uh, yeah so um, so Taylor, Taylor Elementary uh if it, if it matters to you that's that's where my wife went to to elementary school and so I've,
2: I Oh my like, gosh
3: I'm just still having fun with this kind of stuff you know? <laughs>
2: beautiful love taylor i love taylor elementary i loved the teachers there and the principal was fabulous
3: when i was a kid we'd do the the hershey track meet right Where <gasps> yes all the elementary schools would get together and compete you know oh you're amazing. you're gonna
2: talk about making fun of the other uh, exactly. school's names yeah. aren't you yeah. oh yeah
3: yeah so for for me tell me if it was the same for you for me we at barnett were the barnett buttheads
2: yep and barnett and buttheads taylor taylor the, toilets taylor
3: toilets yeah yes yeah. So
2: yep and wilson wieners
3: the wilson wieners yep yep, yep. Were there a, or wilson wimps of them, right were there others Yep. Was, that no, was that was them, it. Right? Yeah.
2: That was all of them in Payson. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That was still going around.
3: Yeah, it's so yep. fun. It's fun <laughs> for my wife and I now that any we're upset with each other, we can just call each other a Barnett butthead or a, or a Taylor <laughs> <bird> or <something.
2: laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um let's see. Where are we at now? So
3: you had more kids. um Okay. you definitely got so... back into bagpipes at some point because I feel like we're 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 now veering closer and closer to the Evermore Park thing. We're so getting like, close to Evermore. Yeah.
2: Um, okay. Oh, so, so after I, at some point, so my husband kept saying like, Laurie, you need a hobby because, mm-hmm. you know, being a stay at home mom with five kids under the age of eight, um, right. off and on was really hard on my um, emotional wellness. I was not emotionally well. I mean, like,
3: I think it would be hard for anyone, <laughs> but considering your personality yeah. and what your experience in life had been up to that point, that's a pretty mm-hmm. stark contrast.
2: Yeah. And so it was hard not to get that, you know, validation and weird not. But so like I wanted to play the bagpipes, but I literally didn't feel like I had time. Yeah. And so bagpipes came and went, but I ended up getting a job teaching music at my kid's school one year um, just because my husband was on the night shift. And I'm like, well, while you're sleeping mm-hmm. and while some of our kids are at home, you can kind of like be awake until I get off of the school job. It was we made that kind of happen. And so mm-hmm. I went that was my like foray back into working
1: yeah
2: um and I loved being the music teacher at my kid's school so that was my creative outlet at that moment and so I got to I did a whole unit on
3: wait 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 hang on just one sec hang on a sec our internet connection just got weak for a sec oh dear okay we're good again it was just funny because it cut off right when you said I did a whole unit on and then (laughs) then. so just back up a little bit and just tell me you did a whole unit on what
2: on Irish stuff and ah. Scottish stuff in, in March, because I'm like, okay, well, if I'm the teacher, I get to teach what I want. yeah And so I taught them a, a, like a little bit of Irish dancing, you oh, know, fine. for that. And I taught them, we, we looked up, we listened to some Enya songs mm-hmm. and analyzed them and drew how they made us feel. And then on St. Patrick's day, the week of, I played my bagpipes and taught the kids how the bagpipes worked mm. And since um, that was just a highlight and getting to play the bagpipes for all the elementary school kids, and I played it for the entire school outside and said, anybody who wants to come can come listen to it. Mm. And so that I, was... A... I, I Go have ahead.
3: gone and played pipes for my kids' classes, <sighs> um, and that it, it definitely, like, for any gigging piper, I don't think there's a more validating or, or fun gig in the world than to have kids get excited and ask you questions and even when they cover their ears you know it's fun
2: yes and yes for some of them that's the first time they've ever actually seen bagpipes. and when you open them up and show them there's all these secrets inside just seeing their faces light up Mm -hmm. like that's how they work like they're like you can see the little wheels turning in their heads like what music is kind of you know or science is sorry music is kind of Scientific, you know, got to have physics and stuff to make the bagpipes even work. And if I was, you know, and and because I'm a performer, I'd always teach kids, you know, and I still do. in my Scottish accent, if they're really good, but if they get noisy, then I stop. And they're (laughs) so quiet because they want to hear the Scottish accent again.
3: Yeah. It's not that if they're, if they're not being good, you switch to the Mississippi accent to, 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 to punish them?
2: <laughs> um, no, I, they ask for all kinds of accents, you know, <laughs> I can do my Mississippi all, huh? accent, you know, I'll just, <laughs> only if they're good, I do all my accents. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I was like, oh, yeah, I love bagpipes. And so I, I actually, okay, how did I hear about Garden Valley? How did I hear about well, you, it? We
3: might have asked you directly when we were getting started in twenty fifteen. We were that was part of the how we would get to competition numbers. You know, we were like, all right, yes. let's find all of our friends who we mm-hmm. used to play with who have stopped playing, and yep, that let's was make me. the band really family friendly. So if they want to bring their kids, they can bring their kids. You know, let's try to overcome hurdles that might be keeping them from playing right now. And we just started reaching out to people.
2: Oh my gosh, I was so thankful. I think you guys started out by just asking me to come to parades. Mm, yeah you know, just like kind of eased me into it. It's like, oh, and by the way, here's the music and we're, you know, at this park and you can learn the music and, mm-hmm. you know, and by the way, your kids can come get, you know, free, free drumming lessons. And I was like, that's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sold. Cause my, my son had shown an interest in drumming.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I was like, okay, let's do this, you know? And I had hopes and dreams that he would stick with the Scottish snare, but, um, he ended up not sticking with that, but he, we'll but he does. But he is in percussion. He plays the um, he plays the bass drum in marching band, and he nice. plays your percussion ensemble in high school. And I have got a high schooler, James. My that, kids in high school is that weird? Yeah, super <laughs> <So> weird. weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so joined Garden Valley, eased Did, in there, and didn't you oh, at yeah.
3: some point in this? Uh, may, tell me if I'm wrong. I was thinking that somewhere in that time frame, you also started doing work with the school district for music. Is that, <gasps> is that right? Yes.
2: Okay. So I was the music teacher um at my kids school and then I had to quit that job and I ended up getting it all turned out and I'm like you know somebody's gotta stay home with you know the kids that are still at home Mm -hmm. and so I started looking for jobs for him and I came across this district job that was like a music specialist, Mm -hmm. you know, music integration. And my friend Melanie Fillmore did that job and I was like looking it up and I'm like, maybe I could do that. You know, having a full-time teaching job, I'd be making just about as much or more than he was making at his current job. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we do a life shift and I go back to work full-time and you be stay at home dad and like get your master's degree or something online. Cause you know, it's a, it's a, we just need to figure out a way to help get you, you know, the jobs that are going to help, you know, make ends meet and not have an income problem. And so that ended up being what we did. I got that job with the Nebo school district and I, okay. So I keep telling people, I don't know how I'm so blessed. So teaching youth theater is yeah. my dream job. I get to teach kids and sing and teach dances and build sets and paint, love working with kids, you know, and I, they call me princess Lara Cause, uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I told them, I told them I was a princess. I even had it on my mama case. I had, I worked at a restaurant in high school as a waitress and I literally asked them if they could put Princess Lara on my name tag for Mama K's. And wow. so I would wear that yeah. to theater. I don't know, because I, I have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, yep, I'm Princess Lara. And so I've always been Princess Lara. It's official, if it's on
3: your name tag.
2: Absolutely. And so I'm like, this is my dream job. I get to teach you theater. Yeah. And then I got the job teaching my kids, you know, teaching music at my kids' school, just as the music teacher. I'm like, never mind, this is my dream this job. Is dream.
3: yeah.
2: And then I got this job teaching for the school district where I get to, so I have an education degree. So my job is to kind of like be a coach and I don't have a classroom of my own, but I teach teachers right. how to teach their other subjects with music at the same time. So math, science, spelling, That's social so studies, cool. and music at the same time. And I'm like, oh, no, I was made for this job. Right, well, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I feel like I was made for this job. Right, like I yeah. have an element. So not only, cause not every one of the specialists in the district has an element has been a classroom teacher right? But I'm like, yeah. but I'm like, I get their situation. I, you know, I can appeal to, cause you know, teaching right now is so hard. You have so many things on their, they have so many things on their plate yeah. and I'm like this, my job is you know, designed to try and ease that burden and make teaching fun and help them remember the joy of teaching and make it fun for the kids and memorable. And, um, you know, cause teaching, you know, just, just music in general and the arts. So the the district does music, dance, Visual arts and drama, Mm -hmm. and so we integrate all the arts into the subjects, and so makes it more fun and memorable. And you know, I I don't remember
3: if if Zach mentioned this to you, but the reason I knew that you had something to do with the school district was that Nebo School District is the school district that Zach and I both grew up in, and so he was scheming with me. Now we've got Lara we could use her as our connection to get practice chanters into the elementary schools to replace recorders. And we'll have a practice chanter program through the whole school district. And we will, (laughs) it'll become like this massive feeder program for all the bands. Well,
2: well, James, like I actually did like reach out. um, Did you really? Yes. (laughs) And and so, (laughs) yes, I reached out and my supervisor said, well, talk to the principals and the individual principals at each elementary school can decide Mm. if they want it or not. And, you know, and most of them you know some of them didn't even have a music class at their school, so it's right. like uh, and and the music teachers um, you don't have to have a music degree to teach music um, in an elementary level were very intimidated by that and mm-hmm. you know what I mean or some of them were but but they liked the idea and you know the, and I think what it came down to unfortunately was the cost yeah.
3: And, well, and that's excited. part of why I have a 3D printer sitting here. That was part of Zach's scheme is he bought a 3D printer and sent it to me. He's like, we gotta figure out a way to make really cheap practice chanters. Yeah. You know, to get these ads. And I
2: I mean, and we could we could just talk we could talk for another whole hour on how Zach influenced my bagpiping mm-hmm. and and my kids' drumming and and just how generous he was, like, to give up his time to work with me on my bagpipes. Like I only ever soloed once mm-hmm. to compete. And that was when he worked with me. He gave me private lessons out of his home, and I got to solo and compete with a, a Caledonian Canal, which I love that song. That's
3: a great song, yeah.
2: Love, song. <sighs> love it, love it. And so, yeah, and uh, it was it was close. Like it like it's still the dream. Like I mean, I'm still with the district, and I still, you know, I'm I'm I train the uh, the music teachers who are in the elementary schools, yeah. and I'm not sure if it would be an after school thing or. You know, if it would be because, like, we're we're having a hard time even getting sometimes teachers to teach recorders still, right, like, yeah, and and ukuleles and stuff. Like, they're supposed to learn an instrument. It's in the core, but since it's not tested, sometimes the, you know the arts they just get you
3: know kind of slide away,
2: a little slide away. But nope. It, hey, you know, I was I was on board with that, and I think some of the schools were worried about the cost there and how much that would cost yeah. I and
3: mean,
2: what we could ask kids to do.
3: But I wonder about um. I was talking to a Penny Whistle guy recently who's going to – that <gasps> episode will be out here pretty soon. And, you know, there, there's a lot of transferable skills, and Penny Whistles mm-hmm. are very readily available as far as cost goes.
2: Oh, gosh. They're only like 10 bucks. But, right. I mean, even the, even the 3D printed chanders yeah. weren't going to be that expensive.
3: Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, did I mention? Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. no. You mentioned. You mentioned.
2: Well, speaking of Penny Whistles, um, so after I um, – in my junior year, I actually got to travel to the U.K., um, with people, the people, student ambassadors, you know, they send you that stuff in the mail and they're like, oh, send yeah. it, give us money and we'll take you over to the UK. And yeah, since,
0: right.
2: <laughs> and ever since I got my bagpipe friends, I was heavily into the Scottish Irish culture. I mean, our favorite movie was Braveheart. Yeah. And, um, we listened to Lorena McKennet music Love and it. just, oh my gosh. And so I'm like, mom, I got to go. And so I paid half for that. yeah. And I, I bought a penny whistle in Ireland, so a tin whistle. Super authentic. You got um,
3: the real deal from the motherland. I
2: got a, I got a story about that penny whistle. So I was like, okay, if I play the bagpipes, I can play this penny whistle. And so I would learn songs on the penny whistle. And I didn't get super into it, but I you know, would play it for my, my kids when I would teach them. But I have had yeah. this penny whistle with me for so, so long, which I accidentally eventually actually lost at Evermore. No!
3: Is it still <laughs> somewhere in the park? This is a new challenge. Anybody going to Evermore Park, there will be a reward if you can find the lost penny
2: whistle. Um, I've actually lost two penny whistles at um evermore now so (laughs) there's two of them floating around there somewhere how embarrassing but yeah so the penny whistle uh, man if we could get you know the dream is not the dream is not gone you know maybe someday james maybe someday
3: that i i don't i don't want to take i still want to hear the rest of your story but it feels like maybe this is a good natural spot to to mention Mm -hmm. like this is the whole idea behind the (laughs) um like like the zach memorial um yeah album that we're working on that you're going to have a track or two on um Mm. that uh and and that that album is intended to stand by itself just as like a way for a bunch of zach's friends to kind of put together this thing uh, that will exist you know for his for all of us to listen to and for his kids to listen to and that kind of thing but the idea is also that it kicks off the launch of this uh sort of uh charity that we're setting up in his in his memory That Mm -hmm. is specifically to carry on how generous he was with his time and skills. He was a really amazingly good piper, like competitive in grade one, could have gone to open. um, But, you know, just because there's not a lot of opportunity to compete and stuff like that, maybe chose not to. But also an amazing snare drummer and all (laughs) the time was giving free lessons to people. And his whole idea was he he wanted to have better instruction when he was younger, but couldn't afford it. So he's Mm -hmm. just like giving, 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 giving constantly. And so the whole idea is like if we can gather money through albums and and events and stuff like that, then we can pay for people's tuition to go to piping schools or to get their drums and sticks or excuse me, their pads and sticks or their practice chanters or whatever to remove those cost barriers because that's what he was doing when he was Mm -hmm. alive. And so um there yeah he was (laughs) also
2: no it's okay and he was always so encouraging about like going the next step and like getting that professional you know um education Mm -hmm. in the bagpipes and in the drumming and you know he would always be like you know be there for resources like here look this up and here you can go here and you know the ones that he had done himself like I was always so amazed at how good he was and like what are you doing in Utah yeah
3: like honestly like don't (laughs) I love our, I love Garden Valley Pipe Band, of course, you love. know, but he could have, he, he did at times travel to compete with higher grade bands and that's where he mm-hmm. could have been spending his time, but he chose yeah. not to focus on furthering, getting more medals for himself. He all spent right. all of his time with, with us folks, you know, <laughs> uh, to which the is the rest of us.
2: Yeah. Just like now, every time I think about him, I'm just like, he was just so singularly unique in that aspect. Like, yeah. I don't know anyone like him.
3: Yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah well let's let's get this kickstarter going then and um hopefully whatever i can do to help out and yeah uh, i'll make
3: sure there are links adding links some the tracks show in the show uh, show notes too yeah we're, we're we're raising some money for the album right now it's going to be great it's going to come out about the time of in january yeah. of 2023 that'll that's that's his birthday happens to fall on burns night so that's very convenient and Ooh. Then he passed away just a few days after so it's all kind of right around yeah. the same, same time. so we'll uh we'll release the album about that time but, all right, but do you, can you can you still tell me more stories, or have I taken too much of your time?
2: Um, I'm fine to okay. keep. So I have. A, so the only reason I'm able to do all this stuff, I have a very supportive husband. He's kind of an introvert, and so <laughs> he knows that I need to like get out there and be seen and entertain people and talk. And so you two are he's, a good yin
3: yang kind of couple, huh?
2: Very much so, and yeah. like I could talk forever about my husband and how craftful. And ties into all that geeky kind of a medieval feel stuff that our family culture kind of definitely gone that way. But yeah. I know you want to hear about evermore, and we I it's, do.
3: So, so I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I want it's to taking me all this of long this to get everything. there. Yeah, I want to hear everything that you've already told us as well. So no sweat. So with no no rush, just carry me, keep carrying me along the timeline. All right, how we get there.
2: Here we go. Okay, the, we jump back into the story. This is where the story really.
3: Okay, wait a sec. Wait, wait, wait one sec. We, we got an internet oh. thing here again.
2: I laughed too loud. That's what That's it was. It. You
3: scared the GBs <laughs> off. Okay, I think we're good now. Go, go ahead. We're, we're jumping sure back thing.
2: in. Okay, so well, here we are. My husband has a master's degree. I'm teaching for the school um, district, and we've been following the um, – The Evermore Park, you know, just kind of like it's been talked about on Facebook and all our friends are kind of excited about it. It's going to be this immersive theme park where it's like D&D in real life was Mm -hmm. how they marketed it. And we were seeing like steampunk costumes and they went to Fanex, And so they opened up the fall of 2018. Mm -hmm. And um, I love dressing up. And so we put together a couple of costumes. And for date night, we went to Evermore theme park for Mm -hmm. date night.
3: Like in the early days, like when they first were opening up
2: and the and there were pumpkins everywhere but even then it was so magical just to walk in there and see these buildings and the lighting and the even the smells they like were pumping in smells mm-hmm. and they had you go on quests and it was the funnest date not arts and it's like you know we were we i shot i i was so competitive i'm like i gotta get a bullseye because yeah. like you have to get a bullseye in arch uh, archery or axe throwing to join the black hearts but you know they would really be like kind of you know, for giving back, like, oh, close enough. You know, you can still join. Right, yeah. And so it was so magical. And I'm like, Cooper, we got to bring our kids here. Our kids would love this. Yeah. And so... We brought our kids the next time we went, you know, in that fall. It was kind of expensive to take a whole family because, like, I think the tickets were, like, between 20 and $30 at the time. And I'm like, this is Utah County.
3: Right. we got yeah. a lot of kids. Yeah, so. a lot of kids. We, my wife and I finally took our kids for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. It was like, that was awesome. Oh, we wow. should go all the time. But maybe we can't because it's right. a little – what goes on? I know, I weekend. know. So,
2: <laughs> right, right. And uh, back in those days, I mean, when they first started out, they just – I don't know, just – it was so magical and fun, and so we took our kids there, and then you know they did their winter season, which was Aurora, which is kind of a Christmas season, and we went mm-hmm. again with our kids, and just had a blast and just got way into it. And the characters were so fun. And then my husband saw online that they were opening tryouts, you know, to be a cast member, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You should do it." And I'm like, "I want to so bad, but there's no way I'm going to make. I mean, these were like really talented people, and yeah, you know." they're you know highly acclaimed and so i'm like no no i'm too embarrassed no no and he's like do it do it do it and he's like you know for, what
3: for anybody listening who doesn't hasn't put it together yet it's like this immersive thing so it's not it's like performers but not performers on a stage like they're living their character constantly yeah. and it's like all improv too because it's, it's like yeah anybody could walk up to you and you got to be in character and interact with them and stuff
2: yeah so it's like like and i tell people it's kind of like a cross between being like a disney princess mm-hmm. only you give quests and you know you are improving the whole time yeah you don't you have like I mean?
3: handlers around you like the disney princesses do to take care of people like they can walk right up to you and you you just got to handle it you just got to yep. talk with them
2: <laughs> yep you just yep but it was it's was i don't know i'm just getting so excited just talking about i can't even think straight yeah. and so i was like okay um i'm going to do it cooper cuz and he said you should take your bagpipes mm. and like play for them and i'm like no that's that's going a little too far that's going to make me you know a little too weird. Like that's presumptuous. Like, and you should hire me cause I play the bagpipes. Mm. Well, it turns out, um, I, I, it's a good thing I listened to him yeah. because I showed up there and had my bagpipes with me and my penny whistle. And at the tryouts, they just asked me, okay, well, is there anything you want to show us? And I was like, yes, I want to play my bagpipes for you. So I pulled up my bagpipes and I played Star Wars, the theme song oh. Star Wars on them.
3: Interesting and it choice turned... for, for the sort of like medieval fantasy themed park.
2: Right. Well, I just, I, I don't know how this happened, but one of the guys that was, you know, casting, he's a, his name's Josh Shipley. He's the creative director. He was a huge Star Wars fan and I didn't even know it. And so. As if
3: guided by prophecy, <laughs>
2: Possibly. <laughs> and so I I definitely attribute the fact that I was cast to my bagpipes, they, they cast me as a, just a acting troop member. They're like you're going to be in the acting troupe, which means you're basically just street performers. And they didn't even give us names. Um, actually they said, you can come up with your own names mm. and backstories, you know, and some of the characters they would give names and backstories to, But for yeah. us are just like, we just know we need an acting troupe of street performers that kind of have miscellaneous talents and can, you know, just entertain people on the streets.
3: Like jugglers, uh, yeah. fire dancers and bagpipes. Yep
2: little little skits and little you know dancing and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so yep, yeah, that was what I did with my bagpipes and and the rest is history as they say.
3: And so the, the character name you came up with of course. That's Piper. Piper <laughs> classy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there so I'm going to put several uh, links in the show notes to some videos mm-hmm. of you of you in the park performing and stuff like that. Sure it's, su- thing. it's super fun and anybody who can make it to Utah to go to Evermore Park, I do recommend it. It's a, it is a ton of fun.
1: Mhm.
3: Um did you ever play in Vander's Keep, the restaurant there on site or was it all in the park?
2: Okay, so there's the Vander's Keep is kind of a separate entity but right. the same. So yeah, I never as an actor as a character, um let's say cast member. Mm-hmm. Um I was cast to be in in park, you know, in the outdoor park. Right. And Vander's Keep is kind of its own separate thing. They do have um Irish bands come and play. I have a couple of friends that uh, play in those. Um, like the real folk and stuff, and no, I just never really got, I wasn't in any of those bands, Mm -hmm. and I was just always performing as a character, you know, when I would have been doing that, and so, yeah, yeah, I never got a chance to perform in Banders, but it's a a wonderful restaurant, it's beautiful, the atmosphere is great, and the live music is fabulous, so...
3: Yeah, super cool. So, you you're not currently performing at Evermore Park. Is that because the season's changed and so they've they've like rotated stuff out or have you just got too much stuff going
2: well, on? Well, no, I'm so embarrassed because like I've been working with Evermore pretty much every weekend, you know, for the last since
3: Cuz I th- I thought I saw did you put something on Facebook or something that was kind of like a oh, I'm so sad like, you know, cuz so but I, you know, I
2: did, yeah, you, did, did you quit
3: or something or what's up there
2: man it's just a it's it's so interesting because like I don't know how I've been able to do this um the last couple of years I've had a full-time teaching job I teach youth theater um and I've been working at Evermore Plus and I have five kids. kids Yep. <laughs> and I actually um for my for my religion you know I have different callings that you know I take my time up and I you know do temple stuff and Huh, I'm a temple worker. And so I was just like, how do I do all this stuff? But I couldn't Each give anything up. Each one of
3: up. the things that you just listed is like a full-time job. So it is I know. remarkable that you.
2: <laughs> and the only reason I could do it is because my family was really supportive. And every time I would go to Evermore, you know, my husband would watch my kids and my kids would be so excited for me. They're like, tell us what happens. And They got way into the culture of it and, you know, they would create costumes and bring trinkets to trade with the characters. And we all got so into the culture that it was like a family thing and they would come when they could. Um, You know what I mean? So it was like our happy place. And um, and so that was the reason why I was like able to keep doing it. And um, just recently in the middle of the summer season, I've been, you know, I was cast as the barmaid. It was so fun. It's still very fun. And just halfway through the season, one of my kids was like, oh, do you have to go? I wish you could stay mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. It only took two years, you know, yeah. almost three, you know, almost three years, three years now. And finally, my kids are like, mm, we kind of need mom to be physically yeah. available more. And so I'm like, you know what? I just have a feeling that I need to take a break, take a very long, you know, break. Yeah. But with the hope that like I can still and, and you know, they've told me that like, you know, because I've been there for so long, and they know me, and hopefully I've not burned any bridges.
3: Right, right.
2: We've got time. What we back? you know, appearances. You know, every once in a while, just yeah. a couple per season. We'll see. But yeah, so right now I'm very heavily focused on physically being available for all my kids.
3: Well, t- totally understandable. You know, yeah. This, this has come up in other interviews here before as well. You know that like. So often and like I've heard like some some of my guests have suggested like, you know, it might be that people who are drawn to bagpipes are like Mm -hmm. really uh, generally going to be like high achieving people like they really want to do great at whatever it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that might actually even feed into this idea that like if you're not doing bagpipes really well, like at a high competitive level and and performing Mm -hmm. well and stuff, you shouldn't do it at all. You know, and, and oh. that's like an internal talk thing that I think we end up having sometimes where what yeah. we really need to recognize is like there are seasons of life, you know, and there's a time for different things. And if you have to let go of something for a little while, that doesn't mean forever. Yeah. You can pick it up again later. You know.
2: So. Yeah, that's my watchword now. Times and seasons, guys. Times and yeah, seasons. There you go. there you go. Yeah. But yeah, I loved my time at Evermore playing the bagpipes. And I wasn't in a bagpipe band, even though, I mean, I kept ties with like Garden Valley and stuff. Um, I'm like, I just can't, (laughs) there's no time. There's literally no time to do it. Um, so I wasn't, so I was only playing my bagpipes, like in a very, um, kind of a one-off entertainment value where I, I would play similar songs, you know, but I wasn't competing. I wasn't learning any very difficult songs Mm -hmm. or, or pushing myself as a bagpiper, you know? However, I did push myself as an, as a musician because, because I loved performing so much at Evermore. I'm like, I got to find some more um, authentic instruments that I can, yeah. you know, carry around with me. So I bought myself a Bellerin, um, yeah. an Irish drum and I, I learned it, um, you know, on my own and I bought a couple of penny whistles to replace the ones I lost. And I bought yeah. a concert, I bought a concertina and I learned how to play that.
3: Awesome.
2: <clears throat> and I, and I picked up the fiddle. I don't, you know, I, I bought myself one, but I, am not good enough to play like in front of people yet. Really.
3: Fiddle's one of those, right? Where like, if you're not mm. good, it's kind of terrible. It so. sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And I play here. the guitar.
2: Oh, and I and I bought a little travel guitar. You know, I, I've always played the guitar ever since I was like maybe. Oh, f- but those 15. travel
3: ones—they kind of look like kind of lute-ish kind of. Yes. Right? Yeah.
2: Well, no, that's not the one I have. I have like a mini Cordoba, so oh, it just gotcha. looks like a little guitar. Gotcha. But I, but maybe I do need to invest in one of those. Uh, there's a guy at Evermore who plays that. He's a he plays a dwarf, so.
1: Gotcha.
2: He plays a travel guitar, but yeah, so it pushed me as a musician and to just create music. Like I created more music working at evermore, um, than I have ever in my whole life. And I, I write music, you know, I've, I've always written music, mm-hmm. but just, um, I got so into the story and the characters that I, you know, I just cared so much about it. I'm like, I just want it. I want to do it justice. And I want to entertain people. I want to make magic for the customers that come in and music. And you know, you, you'd hear me say this, this was like my, my, uh, my quotes, like music is magic. Mm-hmm. Music, was literally magic part of the plot one time we were like we we healed all the people's brains by having people sing them a song Mm. and they and then they would get their memories back you know just so to give you know a quest people could do is i teach them a song they go sing a little bit of it to these people and then their memories are healed you know gotcha so yeah (laughs) that sounds
3: did yeah did ever did well first of all at piping evermore when you did have pipes was it always Mm -hmm. Highland pipes or did you use some small pipes too
2: only ever highland pipes i don't own a set of small
3: i'm so sorry laura hang on a sec i just went sorry. to download our file and that was too much for my internet again go ahead sorry so only highland no, pipes, no, you're never small pipes
2: yes only the highland bagpipes i don't even own a set of small pipes i've never played a set of small pipes i'm embarrassed
3: oh there's nothing um, to be embarrassed about there honestly i i respect that that's a uh, sometimes <laughs> small pipes can be like an easier route for things like those gigs you know you have to play for a long time out in the cold that kind of stuff
2: well, mm-hmm. I I'd love to get into it. Maybe I should, you know, buy myself a set for my next birthday. My next birthday present to me. The next
3: thing. Heck yeah.
2: Yeah, but it was kind of cool having the bagpipes at Evermore Park because they were so loud.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was the loudest thing in the park. And so sometimes, um, if the technology wasn't working well, they would use my bagpipes as like a signal to do stuff.
3: Oh sure. <laughs> like yeah.
2: hey everybody, yeah everybody meet at the front of town now and, you know, or whatever.
3: Now, now, yep. how did the playing bagpipes with helium? Uh, did that oh. was that? Did you encounter those the the King of Random people via playing at Evermore? Because I feel like that that all happened yes. at the same time, right?
2: Yes. So um, Cal Gade, who um, is uh, she works with King of Random, uh, one of the hosts. She was with the original cast. She played a witch named Wen Weaver, mm. and um, yeah, and so she was one of our favorite characters actually. And then she like took a break from working at Evermore. For a couple seasons, and that's when I got hired on. But then she came back, um, and we got to know each other kind of as cast members. And so I didn't even know she did King of Random. You know, she's very modest and, you know, doesn't like to talk about herself a lot. And so it was randomly, just one day, the day of, I guess, she messaged me on Facebook and was like, "Uh, I don't know if you're even available can you come play bagpipes? We're doing this weird helium thing. And I thought that'd be a fun instrument to use. And so it was, it was very last minute, but, but very cool. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I've got some time for sure. And so I just drove, you know, drove to the place where they do it. And it was very quick, um, doing that helium. (laughs) I didn't even know if it was going to work. I'm like, I don't know the science behind this. What if it doesn't work?
3: I'll I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. And you know what? We'll play a little audio right here of bagpipes on (laughs) heat. Well, we've now had a wonderful sampling of that with normal air. And I think now we want to see if we can pull that off with our other gases. I'm getting ready for this. (laughs) All right. That's pretty full. There's your balloon. Do what you can do. To say in a, any one key, I was just like, let's go to six different keys.
2: You know, I didn't know if it was possible to make the bagpipe sound more out of tune. Oh boy. But you I can. think we just did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you, how are you feeling? You oh it? yeah, no, this is normal for bagpipers.
2: It'll be interesting if you can notice that it's...
3: <laughs> That's a dang... <laughs> Oh my God. well there you go that is a new <laughs> tone i don't think it would work familiar. either like yeah it didn't come up in my conversation with swan when i was telling about this time when i was mm-hmm. a, a, a rich person's bard for a while but one of the Ooh. things that tony the the rich guy wanted to do with bagpipes the first day i met him is he told me that he wanted to try pumping different kinds of gas through them to see mm-hmm. if i remember what kind of gas makes your voice lower but he was like i want to like- see if yeah, I think it's called like
2: hexa hexasulfofluoride or something it, like
3: that. Yeah, something like that. I know there, there's some sulfur thing in there. Yeah. Um, but he, he said he wanted to pump that stuff through it to see if it took it, the sound down lower. He wanted to heal him to see if it took it higher and nitrous oxide yeah. and all kinds of other stuff. And I told him then, I was like, I don't know if that'll work because I, I thought that vibration was vibration. You know, so right. as long as the reed was vibrating, it would sound just the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, your video proved me wrong
2: yeah I was genuinely surprised and that's part of like the reaction I got like I'm so embarrassed because it's like no I really am a better bagpiper than this I <laughs> I could no. barely even keep a straight face I was so surprised and laughing so hard right I, and my mind went blank I like almost forgot how to play Scotland the Brave it was embarrassing
3: no that <laughs> anybody watching Piper or no of course you can recognize like this is a non-standard situation it's just entertaining right yeah, oh no, my gosh to be embarrassed about.
2: Yeah, but it was it was so it was so fun. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So genuine surprise there.
3: Yeah. Well, that that's super fun. So check that video out if you know. I, I think it mm-hmm. it was fun to watch. So I'll put that in the show mm-hmm. notes as well. Yeah. So what about now? What like tell me like how do you feel about the bagpipes? What kind of hole would be left in your life if you'd never picked them up?
2: Oh my gosh. They've opened so many doors for me, um, yeah. and I've gotten to know so many people, and I've done so many unique things and experiences that um, if I hadn't picked up those bagpipes and stuck with it, you know, it just, it just kept coming back to them, even though I kept coming away from them,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, cause I, I have been off and on, you know um, I think my life would not be, I would be a different person. I think that's part of the magic of my life mm-hmm. is this particular instrument and just getting into that culture of the Irish music and Scottish music and, and being with those people Mm-hmm. and um and being able to do it at evermore has just been a dream true. Contru- so that was my actual real 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 dream
3: job <laughs> right that's right i wonder what the next real 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 dream job is gonna be
2: <laughs> there can't be anything more than that i <laughs> that mean
3: can't be right
2: <laughs> i don't think so yeah
3: it'll be it'll be something like evermore park opening like for one of their summer camps and being like now we need a, a music coordinator uh, instructor at the park or oh some, gosh or something right Actually, help run
2: it like a year or two ago but that was back when I you know had more time and motivation yeah. but um yeah for in combining kids oh my gosh yep summer camps at Evermore teaching bagpipes maybe that'll be the next place we learn them at I think there was there was talk at one point to like open it up like Gardner Village you know how you can go to Gardner Village and just walk through that you know the ambiance in the village without paying any um yeah. Admission to go in. There was some talk at Evermore about opening it up to the public or, or parts of it during the daytime when they weren't doing shows. Mm, yeah. Um and maybe maybe that'll happen someday. But uh just to make it a community like a community center where like musicians and actors and people who want to learn how to sword fight and archery and stuff can just hang out and chill and mm. and meet and stuff. So that may happen someday.
1: Yeah.
0: But
2: yeah, definitely wanna include the bagpipes in there somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I was going to tell you when I was, um, I'm sorry, I'm t- taking all your time, no, no, but I was telling you that, um, funnily enough, uh, one of the most, some of the most, uh, fulfilling moments, um, in the last, you know, year or so have come from working at Evermore and, and the bagpipes open up that door. But mm. so this character that I played Piper, like it's been hard to like separate, the character from me and so oh. you get to know like you get to know people that come in because regulars will come in and like they know my character piper yeah but it's but th- that's not really Lara, but but it kind of is because like i i'm you know just kind of act like I, myself mostly but like i actually did develop like relationships with people like just friendships and to see the same people coming back and they like would help my character through her story you know and just right, like help her do quests and stuff
3: that's one of the things about evermore right like you can go once mm-hmm. and have fun and join a guild and stuff like that but there are like yeah. these larger bigger storylines and mysteries and quests and so you can come back and back and back and like it keeps oh it's there's not a- like it's a restart every time you come back you kind of pick up where you left off and keep going right
2: um they've they've kind of moved more cuz cuz it was hard for the people that couldn't come every time yeah. they'd miss a lot and so the pro- the story would progress too much almost so they're trying to find that balance between mm-hmm. you know character turnover rate and what happens when an actor has to leave and like so right now there's um a lot less deep story and the characters sticking around more than one season mm-hmm. but for my time there that was pretty much the main character i played there was you know for 2 years you know i i counted it out once like over Almost 250 performances, Mm. you know, for five hours at a time playing this character.
3: And these are, in a way, progressive performances, right? Because it's not Mm -hmm. like a play where you're doing the same show 250 times. It's night night B follows what happened on night A and then night C follows that.
2: Yeah. Or just goes deeper into whatever's right. going on. You know, you don't have to go forward. You can just go deeper, right, yeah. but yeah, but playing the bagpipes there, there was actually this really cute couple. I mean, we had a lot of couples that, you know, met each other at Evermore and proposed, but Aww. this really, <laughs> this really cute couple showed up for a date night one night and asked me, you know, it was towards the end of the night. And sometimes I would do like um, requests, you know, cause like oh. I could play by ear and it's like, well, I've only got nine notes, but I'll do yeah. my best. And so, I said, "Okay, do you have any requests?" And he said, "Okay, this is way out of there. There's no way you're going to know this, but I have always wanted to hear Star Wars on the bagpipes." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, did you come to the right bagpiper?" <laughs> and so I played that song for them, and he cried like he was like, "This is a lifelong dream." And so, um, and so this cute couple would come back occasionally, and um, you know, and they'd all say hi to me, and I'd play Star Wars for them. And recently. They asked me to play at their wedding,
3: oh. um, but
2: they said, but like, is there any way you can like kind of dress up as Piper? And I'm like, well, right, not
3: Laura, yeah. have Piper come and play at their wedding. Exactly.
2: Because, right? yeah. you know, it's just, you know, that character, oddly enough, you know, stories are important. And I think, yeah. you know, for, for the people who like don't read fantasy, I feel bad for them because it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a fantasy story or not. All stories are important because people are stories, you know, that's yeah. all they are. And so sometimes a story can teach you how to, you know, how to interact and how to live and, you know, just, just, you know, give you solutions to problems in your own real life through a fantasy story. And Mm -hmm. so this character was, they said, this character was so, such a huge part of our courtship and, you know, getting together and deciding to get married and stuff. We want her to play our wedding. And so I'm like, well, the costume belongs to Evermore Mm -hmm. and I don't think I can really rent it out. I mean... I wasn't even playing that character at the time, but i pieced together like bits of that, you know, costume, yeah. like kind of bounding, you know what bounding is? Like when you're Disney bounding, you kind of dress like that character.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So,
2: so like I put together as many pieces as I could and I showed up at their wedding just a month or two ago. Is that, no, that was just last month.
3: Mm.
2: And I played at their wedding as Piper and it was, it was beautiful. That and wonderful.
3: is beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. that you're 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 preaching my kind of gospel there that you know, the, <laughs> the value of story and yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that we I don't think we can even understand how deep that is. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. man, stories are important. I, I I think about like these like self help books, you know, self improvement books <laughs> seem like they're yeah. they're fine. They're probably good. Yeah. But I really think that there's probably deeper and more lasting self improvement that comes from reading even you know fiction fantasy you know that there's just something it's magic
2: and allowing like almost like there's a quote by c.s lewis that says one day i shall be um old enough to go back to fairy tales you know Mm -hmm. and realize the value in them and and it's because i would say like that that childlike innocence and giving yourself um permission to play again and create and imagine and like part of you know playing the bagpipes and playing music is like that's part of that play you know what i mean you get to play literally an instrument but also with whatever culture you're with you know if you're doing it in a band or if you're doing you know it with a theme park like i am Mm -hmm. or on on youtube you know just allow giving yourself permission to create and just keep playing
3: that that's this is that's got to be the best
2: most
1: (laughs)